Hello, and welcome back into another edition of the Emerald Basketball Podcast. My name is Shane Hoffman, and I'm joined by Chris Brule and Charles Gearing. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Shane. How are you? Yep. Well, well, well. We're all back at home, except for Charlie. He is still in the huge himself. What day do you head back home, Charlie? I head back on the 10th, but I'll, all right, I'll all be right. in Portland on the 8th. So plenty of time to watch basketball. We're going to be talking about the men's team today. Uh, last week, or came out today, but last week, or yesterday rather, excuse me, uh, Carly and I broke down the women's team. Um, we're going to be doing kind of a similar thing today with the men's team. Uh, we're two games into the season. They took down uh, Seton Hall last night. We're recording this on Saturday, um, 83 to 70. And that was kind of a nice rebound win for the team after they lost 83 to 75 to Missouri in a game that really wasn't all that close for a majority of it. Um, we're two games in now, so we have a little sample size. So we're not going to be completely previewing it. We're going to be doing some takeaways as well. Um, Chris, I'll let you go first. What, what have been the things that have jumped out to you the most, you know, since, since we, I guess they're all in terms of maybe expectations and, and how those have changed within those two games that they played so far. Right. Well, first of all, just the fact that they're able to get two games in is huge. Right. Um, I think I think Missouri, that was kind of a good, good barometer. But when you look at the difference between the first game and then last night against Seton Hall, they were completely different ball ball teams or different Oregon team. Uh, I think you can give credit to LJ Figueroa for that, honestly, Uh, against Seton Hall. You know, he was in there crashing the boards. I think he only had like six points, but like nine rebounds, a couple steals. Uh, slapping the floor after, after yeah, scoring. Yeah, he, you know, he was definitely energized. Yeah, so I think he really just brought a huge boost to the, to the squad last night. We, we should mention that quickly. Uh, this was a team that went into last week without any games this week. Their game against Eastern Washington was canceled because Eastern Washington had some COVID troubles. Dana Allman was very vocal about how upsetting that was and how upsetting it was to his players. And he was kind of disappointed that they got so down about it. You know, they kind of flip it around, though. They schedule these two games. They've been playing in Omaha, Omaha um, in, at Creighton, where, well, where Altman actually used to coach. Um, and, and these two games, you mentioned barometer. These are not necessarily teams that will end the season in the top 25, but these are top 40 teams. These are competitive teams. So to start with, with these games, and, and Altman was vocal about saying that they might get exposed in these two games, and I think in the first game they really did. Charlie, what jumped out of you? Well, I think kind of like uh, like Chris was saying, LJ was huge, and, and he took some of the weight off of Eugene Amarui in the second game. Um, obviously, that was something that really stuck out to me. Uh, Eugene is clearly a baller. Um, yeah, we should talk about him for sure. Yeah, he's going to have a huge role moving forward. I mean, he, he's got over 50 points in two games now. Um, yeah. He's a beast with the rebounds as well. He had 11 in the first game, the double-double, flexing the rebound ability. Uh, he's going to be huge moving forward. Right. And I think a guy like him, it's, it's been really pivotal and, and eye-opening because you lose Pritchard, obviously. That's been the story of the offseason. You also lose Mathis and Shakur Justin. Um, but l- losing a 20-point-per-game scorer, like, that is so hard to replace in college hoops. There's not that many 20-point-per-game scorers um, really in, in college basketball in general. Um, Eugene was a guy that I think everybody thought could replace some of that. He's well-rounded he, defensively. He can shoot a little bit. He works inside. I've been really pleased with how he's worked at all three levels. Um, do you guys see Eugene as someone who will be this team's leading scorer on most nights? And we'll get to the absence of Will Richardson in a second. Obviously, he's out for six weeks. 
uh, getting thumb surgery, which is a huge bummer. We'll talk about that impact. But especially with him out, is, is Eugene the go-to guy for this team, you guys think, going forward? Um, I would say as of now it looks like he's going to be. But at the same time, I think there's two or three guys. You know, of course, Duarte can light it up at any point. Right, right. Um, you know, I think Eric Williams is going to have a couple games where he leads the team in scoring. And, of course, LJ Figueroa, too. So I think he can be that guy, but I don't necessarily think he needs to be not, like night in, night out. Yeah, I think when you look at how this team is constructed this year, you have all these wings and guards that can score the ball. And we'll get to the guards. But especially with these wings, you mentioned Eric Williams. Um, he didn't look great last night. And I looked at the box score and he had 15 points. Yep. Um, so when he looks nice, I would love to see what he's capable of because I think he looked a little lost at times last night. He's a guy. Figueroa's a guy. You mentioned Duarte. So there's four like legitimate wing forward guys who can score, and that's kind of what this team was missing last year. It's kind of a bummer. Um, the question, though, will be the guards. With Will Richardson out, uh, Amari Hardy has been starting, and we've also seen Jalen Terry. I personally am a little disappointed in what I've seen from Hardy. You look at the box score last night, he was efficient, four for five, nine points. A lot of turnovers from him. This team in general has been turning the ball over a lot, and he will come down, and a lot of his passes – someone else will jump in like the lane and grab, like there's been a lot of miscommunications. He has not been too tight with the ball. And that's something that was disappointing to see from an upperclassman guard. What have you guys thought about Hardy? I agree, Shane. I think, I think he's been flawed. Um, but like you said, he can totally score. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I also think Terry uh, played really pretty well uh, last night in his second game. He, he looked like a rookie probably should in his first game. I mean, he's been thrown into a, a role here with with Richardson out and obviously a lot of nerves there so I think he he showed some progress second game um you know nine points 60 percent from three-point range so see how he does oh uh, yeah going forward to just just from what I saw last night the best lineup that was on the court had Jalen Terry in it yes I told you you have, you have him at the one you got Duarte Figueroa Omarui and Eric Williams and that was most of the second half, that was the lineup. Right. That and that's, they, they ended up taking Dante. Dante was much more active last night than the first game. I, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll branch out here really quickly and talk about Dante because that's another, another guy I want to talk about. Dante looked pretty deplorable in that first game. He looked out yeah. of shape. And I don't mean to be rude. I just, this is what I want. He looked out of shape. He was not active around the rim um, or defensively, really. He had, some, he had some nice plays, but there was also plays he took off. Yeah, Jeremiah Tillum ate him up. Right. Last night, they play another relatively large team with some some talented big guys, and he was super active. He only ended with six and six, and I think he had a block or two, but, like, the way he was getting his rebounds and his points, like, he was playing more like the guy we expect. He's this huge, hulking 6'11", seven-footer who looks slim and athletic. I think all three of his buckets were dunks, a putback, and he had two dump-offs. One thing that I, I think we should mention, I was really impressed with his passing. There's a few times where he went up and like kind of dumped it off to a, like a forward, which I was really impressed with. And we saw that a little bit last year. So if he can keep developing into that post threat and then eventually maybe re requiring the other team to double team him, that passing could be on display. Uh, whoever wants to go next, what have you guys thought about Dante and his defense last night? And then where do you think he will be moving forward? Is it more the one we saw last night or the Dante from that first game? Um, well, 
I agree with you that he looked a lot better last night. And it, we should mention that Seton Hall's best player, uh, Sandro Mamish. I could really yeah. uh, You know, he came in averaging, I think it was 21, and he had 10 points last night. And it was a very empty 10 points. You know, he was he was a ghost on the floor last night. Um, and that's partly Dante, but that's also just the matchup zone was working really well. Um, but I think, you know, if we're matched up, if the Ducks are matched up against a team that has a big guy uh, like Missouri and Jeremiah Tillman, uh, you need Dante out there, obviously, to guard him and just be that low post threat. But like I said last night, the small lineup looked really good. Yeah, I, I mean, so who, who knows how much we're going to they're going to need from Dante on a night to night basis. It just kind of depends on the matchup. Allman is super flexible with his lineups. He loves that mm-hmm. athletic press. Um, look, it's an Altman team. They're going to play defense. And the defense looked great last night. Charlie, what did you think of the defense? I think they looked great. Um, and probably Dante played a lot better, uh, like Chris was saying. I think, I mean, in the first game, he had a quiet five rebounds um, and, you know, very few points, six points, six rebounds in the second game. In Hall, obviously, flexing that strength on the inside. Um, and like you said, kicking the ball out wide. Um, defensively, I think they looked a lot stronger against Seton Hall, no doubt. Where did that Where did that improvement come from in your eyes? Um, I'd say activity in the passing lanes is something that really stood out, especially from, from Figueroa getting his hand in, in the passing lanes. Yeah, his length is great. It really jumps out. Um, I want to detour uh, back to the guards real quick. Um, Hardy can score it. And I think he would be great or will be great, especially when Will Richardson returns, because Will Richardson will be the starter. There's no no question about that. Um, he'll be great as a backup kind of scoring guard, I think, because that's that was what his mentality was at UNLV. I think Will Richardson will bring a lot of that that calm play and pacing to this offense that they need. He doesn't turn the ball over much. He's a very steady player, and and it this team will be super complete with him. But you guys talked about Terry. Terry's speed leaps off the screen. Like, not just for a point guard, just any, like, he is, is freakishly fast. It's not just his speed down the court, although he flashed at. It's the speed at which he's, you know, using these moves and, and creating a separation. We saw it with the threes last night, and that's a great thing for a guy who's not really known as a three-point marksman. I want to see him really get in the paint more. He had a few times where he kind of tried to lay it up, and it, it was it was a kind of a bad miss, but he was attacking – and I agree. I thought last night he actually looked better. They played well with him on the court. So I'd like to see more of him going forward. And I'm also curious what to see what happens with the guard rotation when Will Richardson does come back. So this team could add some games still. Right now their next scheduled game is against Washington on the 12th of December. Um, they might add one more. They might just wait until that game. Washington has not looked good at all. Not at all, man. Let's talk a little bit about the team as a whole. Expectations. I mean, the expectations entering the season, uh, they're ranked, you know, 21st. And this is a team that almost year in and year out has either won the Pac-12 or come damn close to it. And I think the expectations have to be similar this year. There's definitely some teams in the Pac-12, and we'll get to those. Um, Chris, I'll start with you. What, I guess, maybe ceiling and floor for this team this season? Um... You got to imagine, like like you said, we'll get to the Pac-12, and I think there are some good teams. But I don't think there's any reason for our expectations for the Ducks to be any lower than 
ceiling wise than the top two in the in the conference at least you know they're gonna they're maybe they're probably not a top 10 team um but they're they're gonna be consistently ranked and at the end of the year they're gonna be a lot better than they are now obviously and i think we'll, we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out but floor gotta be middle of the pac 12 yeah especially with teams like asu that have you know josh christopher marcus bagley remy martin is still there um, you got Evan Mobley now at USC. UCLA was supposed to be a ranked team. They fell with San Diego State, which is not a bad team. Um, and, you know, there's always those teams like Oregon State that if you catch them on the wrong night can beat you. Utah, someone like that. Even in the past of Washington State. Charlie, once Will Richardson does return, do you think this team kind of starts to reach the heights it did maybe at the end of last season. We know Altman's teams tend to get better as the year goes on. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think, you know, last night was a perfect example of kind of textbook Altman basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, both sides of the ball. And I think that, I mean, getting a guy like Will back is is obviously going to, you know, that that's never going to hurt you. That's going to help. Um, all You know, they're going to be really complete. Um, and it's also going to take kind of some of the baggage off guys like Duarte who are, you know, I'm sure he doesn't mind the leadership role by any means, but mm. I think he is, you know, he's stepping up into a, a really, really big role now. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk too much about Duarte. Um, to me, he's looked a little bit at times, like he's forcing it. I think all these guys have, and I think his role, like he doesn't need to be the number one guy. We've seen Eugene, um, kind of take that, that mantle him, Figueroa, and Williams, like that's kind of a three-headed monster, both offensively, but also defensively because they're so long at the wing. And that's a wing rotation that I think, if not the best, competes for the best in the league. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, it's got to be. You know, at, at one point last night, I looked at the screen and it was Figueroa, Omarui, Duarte, and Williams all next to each other. And they're all about six seven, you right. know, right around the same size. And it's they can all shoot. They, they're all active on defense. Um, that's, yeah, long, long, as up, long as ever. And I think if you have those guys and you throw Jalen Terry in there, that's a very scary defensive matchup for any team. And, and you talked about that lineup earlier, and that is when the game really broke open with that lineup. They play that press. They play the zone, which works perfectly for a team like this with all this length and athleticism. They get out and run. They start hitting the threes, which we hadn't seen a ton of. And then all of a sudden they're up, you know, what, damn near 15 points. Yeah. Um, I think Altman will keep going back to that lineup because when Altman sees a lineup that clicks, he goes with it. It's so nice to see more options on this year's team because while, while Altman is a great defensive coach, a great motivational coach, and he really improves his players as the season goes on and great X's and O's schematic, his offense isn't always that dynamic. They don't run a ton of pick and roll. Even when they were, Dante didn't look great as a role man. He looked kind of lackadaisical. Um, so you need guys that can create, and they have so many more of those. Where last year it felt like if Pritchard wasn't doing it, who was doing it, right? I mean, it was Will Richardson. But, you know, outside of those two point guards, you didn't really have a ton of wings. Duarte did at times last year, but guys that were really creating off the dribble. And I think that's the big difference with this year's team. Um, looking ahead, so I mentioned they play Washington. Then it's UCLA, but that game is like 11 days later. And then it's another week until they play Cal. So they have a lot of time now. I do wonder, and Chris, you talked about this 
like do, will we see this team maybe add another another game what do you what are your thoughts i i think it'd be foolish for them not to honestly um there was i saw on twitter there was some talk that uh, nebraska's game got canceled and i i don't know if there's been any uh development on this but it was possible the Ducks stayed on Sunday and played Nebraska but mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything confirming that but yeah I think they, they there's no reason not to get another game and I think we will see that because like you said the big layoffs in between the next three games or so it's just a lot of time go ahead Charlie uh yeah I, I think uh, I think you're right on that um Chris they're, they're definitely going to add another game but I did see that Altman and the team flew back um to Eugene actually after the game last night schedule something in Eugene yeah because you look at the schedule and like obviously the rankings are going to constantly be changing but as of now the only other ranked team besides the Ducks and who knows if they'll even be ranked because they did lose earlier this week is Arizona State at 25 and Arizona State is I think if not the second best you know maybe they're the best team in fact but they're they're the team that the Ducks will be going you know head-to-head with this season from what I've seen so far that game is until January 14th and other than that, as I'm looking down the schedule now, like I said, as of now, no other ranked games. So they can get another resume builder as an opponent that ne- not necessarily a top 25 team, but those teams that are floating in the 25 to 35 range, you know, those kind of teams that, like like Mizzou, like Seton Hall, that would be big for them because I think Oregon is a team that can take advantage of teams like that. And when it's all said and done, they're going to need those. I don't know how they're going to do the tournament this year. That's another thing. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how Altman sets up because Altman's been so vocal this season. He was vocal about Figueroa's waiver, and the next day it gets passed. Yeah, I wonder perfect timing. We didn't mention Aaron Estrada, another guy who it seemed like they might not need six four guard transfer from St. Peter's. wasn't supposed to play this year, but maybe he gets his waiver now that with all the COVID stuff, he could be a big piece in the rotation. All of a sudden, another like a bigger guard with the wingsmith. So there's so many options. This team will be fun to watch moving forward. Any closing thoughts, guys? Um, I One thing I did want to mention was right now, uh, Seton Hall is like one and three after the loss last night. Right. That's a team where you could look at the the power rankings of the Big East at the end of the season. It could be a top three team in the Big East. Oh, absolutely. So so the, that's going to be a pretty good win at the end of the year. Uh, like you said, resume builder, We they should get some more games scheduled in that, you know, if not ranked in that close to ranked area. And I think this is a really good team. Very exciting to watch. Yeah. And and we should mention that Mizzou team was was really experienced. So it's not a yeah. terrible loss. There's obviously a lot of stuff to clean up on still, turnovers, more defensive stuff to clean up on. But that's it from us. Uh, make sure to check out all of our content in the sports section on dailyemerald.com. Follow us on Twitter at ODE Sports. And as always, thanks for listening.